0: People sometimes ask me, uh, hey, what's it like uh, preparing for a message? And so sometimes I tell them, well, you know, you read the Bible, you pray, and then there's these other books that you study that were wise people, scholars have written on this particular passage. Uh, But sometimes you get really stumped. And so when people ask me this past, you know, how was your week? This past week, I was really stumped. And one thing that I often will do when I'm really stumped, is I will text friends, and I'll say, hey, can you pray for me? And so I texted uh, my girlfriend, Erin, and I said, can you pray for me? And uh, she said, I was reminded of Proverbs 5 while I was praying for you, and I looked it up, and it didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense. So then I just kind of forgot about it, and then I looked it up again later in the day, and then we're chatting at night on the phone. And I said, so that passage you sent me, um, I, I didn't really understand what it meant. Like, um, did I say something or do something wrong? She's like, what do you mean? Proverbs 3, 5. Like, lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord. And I said, no, you sent me Proverbs 5, which says, the lips of a forbidden woman drip honey. <laughs> Her speech is smoother than oil, but in the end, she is bitter. <laughs> like, oh, no. Um, so she thought the whole thing was funny, but that was my early April Fool's joke. Um, this past week, City TV was interviewing people, asking them, what does Easter mean to you? What does Easter mean to you? And there was a lot of, well, most importantly, uh, it's time to just be with family, um, but then some people said, you know, like, it's, it's a sad time for the Christians because that's when they lost Jesus. Uh, and there's, I had this friend in, in student ministry who said, um, so, so this, this person got it. They understood Jesus died on the cross for my sins, for all of our sins, and rose from the dead. And they said, but I never asked Jesus to die for me. I think that's highly manipulative. <laughs> Um, so, Jesus' uh, death, Jesus' resurrection, uh, a lot of people don't get it. And what's interesting is in this passage, uh, Jesus appears, but people don't get it. And so, if you're here this morning and you don't get it, uh, you're in good company. Um, the Christian faith is all out, an all-out faith in this person, Jesus. And my prayer is that wherever you're at this morning, you would experience this resurrection power uh, in your life. Uh, So let's enter the scene. Uh, These people, they don't get it yet. Um, There's an empty tomb. uh, And they had seen Jesus' power in life. He'd healed people. He'd risen other people from the dead. Uh, Do they say, hmm, Maybe he did it. No. There we have Mary who says, they stole the body. Or you have Thomas, unless I put my finger into his hands where the holes are in his hands, I don't believe. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> uh, he deals with people where they're at so they can experience his resurrection power. And that's my prayer for each one of you. It's been said... Uh, A great doctor will give medication not just to the disease, but also to the patient. Uh, A great doctor meets people where they're at. Um, This chapter tells stories of three people, Jesus' appearance to three different groups of people. First, Mary, then some disciples in a locked room, and then Thomas. Uh, We're going to focus on Mary. Mary's a woman who had seven demons cast out of her uh, by Jesus. Um, Some of you, uh, you're not sure if you believe this. Um, Some of you, you might be just angry about something this morning and you don't even know why. Um, Some might just be thinking, hey, breakfast is good, but when's this over? I got to do my spring cleaning. (laughs) Uh, Like, you could be anywhere, Um, but uh, it's my... Prayer that you'll see, you know, Jesus, when he shows up, he doesn't just shoot lightning out of his hands and have a big parade. Uh, He takes the time to meet with people where they're at. And so let's read of Jesus meeting with Mary where she's at. Then the disciples went back to their homes. Actually, let's pray first. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would show Jesus to us, that we each one of us here would experience Jesus in a very real way, uh, just wherever we're at, I do pray that you would meet with us. Holy Spirit, come and open your word to us, that it would make sense uh, to us, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying, As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? This is kind of the funny part. Thinking he was the gardener, (laughs) she said, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary, She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbi, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord, and she told them, That he had said those things to her. So, this is Mary in her darkest hour, shocked and confused. The man she had hoped would change everything, he's gone. Imagine her on Saturday just spending that day in tears. How do you just go on buying groceries? How do you go on doing the laundry? She has one last act of love. She wants to add spices and ointments to Jesus' body, as was the custom. So she got up early that morning. She sees the two angels. And normally in Scripture, when someone sees an angel, they fall on their face. Uh, She pretty much disregards them. Just tell me where he is. Uh, She doesn't care about the angels. She's in shock. She just wants his body. She doesn't see it. This is a woman in her darkest hour. She just lost her best friend. She just lost her Lord. All of a sudden, outside the tomb, Jesus shows up and then mary just doesn't maybe it's dark it's early in the morning maybe there's tears in her eyes maybe something but she's just like perhaps you could tell me where the body is the angels weren't helpful like you know like just like kind of freaking out like thinking he was the gardener now this is a responsible woman but she's worn out in her anxiety Mary was a sinner, but she had been forgiven much. She had been made whole. She had gave much. She had loved much. And the Romans, or someone, had made sport of this event and had taken the body of her Lord. She's unprepared for what came next. Her Lord says, Mary... Immediately she knows, and she throws herself around him. That's all it took. She just had to hear her name. The one man who recognized her worth and her value. He only had to say her name. She's poor in spirit, and Jesus appears to her where she's at. Jesus could have appeared to anyone. Jesus appears to this woman. A woman's testimony was not even held in court to be of value. Why? All four Gospels, all four Gospels show the woman as going to the grave first and seeing the resurrection. Why? Are these disciples who made up the story, if that's what happened, are they stupid? Why show the women to have discovered this resurrection first? Jesus appears to this woman where she's at. Later, he appears to Thomas, the doubter, and makes him a witness. Later, Jesus appears to Peter, the failure, and makes him a leader. Jesus appears to people when they don't think they're worth it. Do you want true faith? Do you want to be changed? Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. You may think that you're not worthy to be found. Here's a woman who is oppressed by demons. Jesus saw her as worthy. Here's a woman who is poor in spirit. The man she had hoped would change everything is gone. Jesus saw her. Jesus came back for her. Why can't the great physicians see you too. If you're here this morning and this isn't your thing, church <laughs> isn't your thing, um, hey, uh you can just say, God, are you the one I'm looking for? You can just ask. If you don't do this and you can't know him, a great doctor gives medicine not just to the disease, but also to the patient. If you wanted to be treated as a patient, you have to go to him. You may be confused and you don't know what to believe. Um, read the Gospels. That's what we just read from. You can read the gospels. Um, you've got to read the gospels, cover to cover. And you can hear his voice. Uh, The Christian faith is in this one person, Jesus. And each person had the opportunity to accept or reject him. Jesus will not force himself on you. Jesus extends forgiveness. And he did that before you were even conceived. He knew your name. You've been fearfully and wonderfully made. The hairs of your head are numbered before you sinned jesus loved you and this offer this offer of a walk with god a relationship with god is a permanent offer it's not conditional on you getting good or staying good it is in Jesus' forgiving us and his resurrection life that we receive resurrection life day by day if you want it, you've got to ask for it. What would it be like if we welcomed the resurrected Jesus to experience his life inside of each one of us? What would your life look like if the power of the resurrected Jesus was giving you abundance in your life? What would it be like for you to experience the resurrected Jesus freeing you from your demons. That was my like that was the hardest thing for me in preparing this message. It's like, okay, so resurrected Jesus 2000 years ago, how does that apply today? How does that apply to to us today? And I think you need to apply it. You need to say, God, here are my demons. Free me from free me from my demons. I want your life. I ask, what what would our community look like if people throughout our community were experiencing this? This abundance of life. People accepting one another and not being self-righteous, generous, willing to share, willing to serve their neighbor. I'd imagine it would involve us not expecting people to come where we're at, but us going to people where they're at, just as Jesus did. And that's one thing I like about the food, because it's a great common denominator. In our passage, we have uh, immediately after this event of Jesus saying, Mary, Mary grabs hold of Jesus. And As if she's saying, I'm not going to let go of you, Jesus, ever. I'm not going to let go. And the next part of our passage is kind of tricky. We read, Jesus says, don't hold on to me. Don't hold on to me. Uh, For all this to be worth it, I must go. This part you won't understand. I'm going to my Father. This is crucial. I must go. The resurrection of Jesus is for the ascension of Jesus. Uh, as a youth, this was always a challenge to me. Like, like when I was 18, 19, I didn't really get this. Yes, Jesus died, but why can't Jesus just stay forever? Like why can't he just continue to walk if he rose from the dead? Um, Jesus wanted Mary to realize that, his, that he was going to enter into a new relationship with the whole world. It would go beyond her arms around him and beyond even his arms around her. It's easy to think of Jesus as a friend, John 15, 15. He calls himself a friend, a divine friend. But he's also the Lord of life and of history. It takes the eyes of faith to see that this Jesus who died on the cross is also now the lord of life it takes the eyes of faith but there's lots of movies now that are recognizing the limits of what we can see and what we can know about what's happening whether it's inception more recently or way back to the wizard of oz Uh, If you pull back the curtain on the Wizard of Oz, there's nothing but a middle-aged man just projecting an image. Or in the world of the Matrix, if you take the blue pill, you get the fantasy world. But if you take the red pill, you get the truth of reality. You get to see what is real even if it's harsher and more difficult. For the Christian, when you pull back the curtain, when you swallow the red pill to see the truth of reality, with awe and wonder we discover the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the resurrected Jesus, the Lamb who is slain for us. When you pull back the curtain, you see the Lord of Lords, the CEO of the world, Jesus himself, ruling over all creation. In the Bible, there's this story in the Gospels of a man with a sick child. Jesus invites this man to faith. He says, I believe, help my unbelief. In other words, I won't have faith. I won't have faith in this unless you help me. I won't have faith in this unless you help me. This is true faith. When you want it, but you don't have it. And just at that point, when you think you don't get it, you've got it. Are you lost? Are you wandering? Are you wondering where you're at this Easter? Do you wish that you could hear this voice that calls your own name? It says in the Bible, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And that's my prayer, that that you would draw near to God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this story is unbelievable, so much so that Mary doesn't believe it. Uh, she doesn't believe that she's seeing Jesus. And in the end, after hearing her name, she's able to say, I have seen the Lord. My prayer for each person here this morning is that wherever they're at, that they could say that in some small way, they saw the Lord this Easter. I pray this Trusting in your spirit that is always at work. Amen.